Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Knocks and Pucks. I believe it's episode four now. Uh, my name is Sukman, and I'm joined by... I'm Gerbaj. And Gersavik. And as usual, lots of stuff going on with the Canucks as of late, around the league, around the hockey world. So let's not waste some time and get right into it. Um, first things first, let's talk about the Canucks and Leafs game. Uh, definitely an exciting one. Uh, emotional roller coaster. Started up 3-0. And then blew the lead, made it 3-3, then went up 4-3, and then gave up a shorthanded goal just to end it off with, I believe, two power play goals, or maybe might have just been one. But overall, exciting game. Uh, a couple of guys standing out. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, we were talking about it in the last episode, how we all thought it'd be like a 5-2 game. I think that was the sort of consensus. I, I said 5-3. Yeah, 5-2, 5-3, but... Hey, it was a good win. You see Matthews talking about it too, how the Canucks might have been the hard like one of the best four checking teams they faced recently, taking away that time and space. I mean, they they had a really str- the Canucks had a really strong start in the first period, but they sort of like Talkett said, they got comfortable in the second and third and kind of let go of the pedal, which I think, yeah, is it's a game where you gotta keep your pressure on because as much as Toronto we hate them, but they are a skilled team and they can quickly turn things around. Yeah, yeah I agree. Sure. Um, when it was 3-0, I was kind of getting excited because I remember I said I wanted like an 8-0, 10-0 blowout. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it looks like we're on trend for that. But, I was looking uh, for a Hoglander hot trick there. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but yeah, I think, I think what you said is fair. Like, at the end of the day, as much as we might not like the Toronto market or the Toronto team, like... You got Matthews, right? Guy's a 70 goal scorer. And then you got a guy like Nylander, um, Marner, even Tavares, right? So they're a skilled team. Um, it's a good lesson for the team, right? I feel like we've done it a few times this year where, you know, we have a lead and we kind of let go when we let teams back into it. Um, thankfully, usually most of the time we end up winning still. But it, it's uh, been weird this year. Usually when we look at like last year, the years before, we'd have a terrible start. And later on in the game, we'd pick it up. This year, we sort of have amazing starts come out of the gate just flying and then sort of let go as the game goes on, which... I feel like that comes with experience, though. Young... I mean, relatively young guys. Like, young team we are, relatively. And we're not used to, like, being up all the time, I guess. Like, compared to years past. And I feel like it'll come with time. Because being up with the lead, you always resort to just defend it, defend it, defend it. But it's um, it's the same in every sport. Like, honestly, it's whenever a team goes up big, they always end up um, taking their foot off the gas. It's like, okay, as long as we don't blow it, we'll be fine. Even if they cut it close, okay, whatever. But if we don't blow it, we'll be fine. I never liked the way, I've never liked that philosophy, especially like in soccer, teams do it all the time and it always bites them in the ass. And it happens in hockey too. Like, I feel like even if you're up three, nothing, you should treat the game like it's zero, zero. And I feel like they just haven't got, they haven't grasped that, um, what's the word? Mentality, I guess. I don't know. Like, How can you say that when our record after like having the lead after two periods is we've literally yeah, but that's only... not my point i mean that my point is that but they... i mean how can you say that it's a bad they're playing having a bad mentality when they're they've literally only dropped one point i'm not saying it's one a bad point. mentality i'm saying 
It's just that it's, it's what teams do when it's they get working, the lead. It's working, is it not? Yeah, but it's it's cutting it close. Is it's what I'm consistently saying. working. When you're like, what's the record? Like twenty nine oh one one after yep. something like this, something along those lines. Yeah, I guess you can't really. A lot of that has that. to do with luck, though. You you take fifty nine out of sixty points. That's quite consistent. I don't know, man. What? Why do you guys think that uh, they let go? Like, is it just like a, you know, like a mindset thing? Like, oh, you know, we're winning. I, I don't think it's a mindset thing. I think it's more of like they don't want to make those mistakes because it's it's like making those creative plays. Would you rather make a creative play on the blue line or would you rather just dump it down? I think you go with the dump each. I think they should do the dump unless your name's Quinn Hughes or Philip Peronic to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're those guys, you have to dump it down. Like uh, the other game, I think it was the Blues game. Kuzmenko had the puck at the blue line and he starts doing like spin moves and like passes it right to a blues player instead of he had the simple play, just dump it down and keep the cycle going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with the lead, you have to make, even in general, I think those are the smarter plays unless you're an elite skilled player where you know, like you can walk the blue line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, as long as it works, to be honest, like, They've found ways to win every time. What you're saying, twenty nine zero and one. So we've been in that situation thirty times this year. Something along those lines. Yeah, time. yeah. Out of like forty some games, right? So yeah, consistency's there. I don't think it's a too big of an issue, right? Like if a team can turn that switch on and off uh, when they want, it's it's not a problem. But uh, yeah, but come um, playoff time, it becomes a problem. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. At, at playoff time, you can't. If you blow a lead, it's it's, it's harder to switch back on. Well, That's how many times have the Canucks blown a lead in the third period? In the like, they like they just blew a three goal lead to the Leafs. That's the type of competition they... that's going to consistently come in the playoffs. Not against Chicago and did they Columbus. Win? Did they win? That's not my point. Did they? Yeah, win? they turned it back on. But okay. I'm saying in the mm-hmm. playoffs, it's yeah. different. Why? Why is it different? No, I get, I get your point, right? In. No, say, I get oh, your... no, we blew a 3 nothing lead. We have no momentum. And now it's going to be harder to get that momentum back. It's a playoff, buddy. I get your point, but at the same time, let's say you're up 3 nothing in the playoffs, right? In a game, like first period or something. Would you rather not have your team go into a more of a lockdown phase? Where... Absolutely not. Not in the first period. Or the second, second period. period. Why not? Play like it's 0-0. Zero, zero. That's just all. If I'm you saying. play like at zero zero, you're gonna make more mistakes because you're gonna be wanting to play more creatively. And I'd say for mo- the most part, not like, really. Yeah, you would. When you're making breakouts, instead of making a pass up the middle of the ice, you make it along the boards. The boards is safer than throwing it up the middle. Yeah, but like if it's zero zero, you're still doing that. You don't want to concede either, but you but, also want to score. Well, it's called being it's it's conservative, but also knowing when to attack. I don't know. It's just I don't like the whole philosophy around. Oh, it's two nothing, three nothing. Let's defend. I hate I, that. I, I don't I think just it's don't like defend. It. I think it's you make the safer play, ninety nine percent of the time. When you're when you're when it's tied zero zero, players like let's say. The fourth line, Hoglander, Lafferty, they'll make a couple like riskier plays where, you know, because they're trying to get a goal. There's no goal for the team. You're Everybody's trying to score. So you make a little riskier of a play. Whereas if you're up three, nothing, you feel a little comfortable. You're like, you know what? I don't have to take the risk. I can just do the easy move, dump the puck down and chase it or whatnot. 
Yeah, and then they come back down, and then you do it over and over and over and over again. That's all I'm saying. And then you keep winning 29 out of 30 times. It's an anomaly. I'm telling you. 29 out of 30 times ain't no fluke. Yeah. Um, outside blowing the lead, I remember mentioning standouts. Um, two guys that day, Hoglander and Garland. Both of them, uh, for the longest time, I guess you could say, play a very similar style, right? Uh, scrappy, you know, uh, they get into those battles. Smaller guys, but play a much bigger game than you'd expect. Um, some, yeah, they had some scrappy goals around the net, uh, some lucky bounce, I guess you could say. But I remember, I believe it was Hoglander that had that one snipe. Nice. Uh, yeah. I believe it was second goal of the game. Like, yeah, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, I think Hoglander looked amazing against the Leafs. Definite standout. I think with this game, obviously, like I think most of the hockey world's eyes were on the game because Vancouver versus Toronto, it's a huge game. Yeah. And I think it kind of showed the Leafs in a way what they're really missing in their team. You look at their bottom six, they don't really have any of that. Those mm-hmm. energy guys where they just come like if you watch the four check in the first period, it was insane. They have mm-hmm. the guys dumping the pucks down. You have either the Joshua line, Bluger, Garland, Lafferty. Hoglander, all those guys are just right on the puck right away, having no time or space. And that's how the goals all, like, I'd say if you watch, like, most of our goals come off of, like, turnovers, which are caused by the forecheck. And I think it's a really good thing that you have that second those secondary pieces that can do stuff like that. Yeah, yep. definitely. It's important. Like, everyone has, like, a role, and, like, you can't always expect, like, the star guys to do that type of stuff. Right? So... Like that type of thing, right? Like winning battles, puck battles, turning the puck over. It's usually, um, traditionally, I guess, right, more of like a bottom line role. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned that Toronto doesn't really have that, considering they literally handed uh, Lafferty over to us. Yeah. So, and he he's another big piece, right? That kind of contributes in the same way. I mean, that um, Ryan Reeves contract really messed stuff up for them. Oh they yeah. Had to move out so many. Was it today? The other guy, like McMahon or something like that. They had to throw him on waivers. Mm-hmm. Like it's really messing with them, and all for a guy that's not really even playing for them. Exactly. Like I don't know. Like that guy's stats have been. It's bad. funny. He's like, I'm healthy and I'm sitting on the bench. I hate it. I'm like, bro, you suck. That's why. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do you think you're not playing? You're not good anymore. Like, it makes no sense to me. I just found it funny. He has one point in 21 games. Yeah, minus one... 11 on the season. That. To put into context, Sam Lafferty had a three-point game this year. So, right? One game. One game, he has three times the production, right? So, I don't know. Typical Toronto always making these impulsive moves and trying to bring in big-name guys. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, It was a fun game to watch. Speaking of forechecking, though, um, I just like, how they always have a plan when they're doing their forechecking, right? It's just not just dump the puck into the corner and just do whatever. Everybody's in a certain spot, and that's why it works, right? There's always – I feel like whenever I – what I notice is there's – if it goes to the left or the right corner, there's two guys there, and then one guy around the slot or, like, the top of the here, here, let face-off me, let, area. Let me drop my minor hockey knowledge. Right. They got F1 going right on the guy. F2's behind the net, usually. Around behind the net. In between the guy and the net. Supporting. whether mm-hmm. So the guy can't 
bring it around. And then they mm -hmm. got F3 in the slot, who's just waiting around if they get the puck to him. Mm -hmm. And then if they move to the right, the other side, then F3 kind of goes there, and then F1 becomes F3. Yeah, it's called the uh, structured hockey, baby. It's not and, Travis Green hockey, where you and, just uh, up and pray. Taka was saying about, like, why the third line and the fourth line were, are working a little bit better than um, our second line, which is Mikheyev and Kuzmenko. It's like, he said that they play too far apart, yeah. not too close. They're not close together. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. I never really thought about it that way, but mm -hmm. it, it, he is right. When they're playing in and around each other, it's a lot easier. Yeah, oh, yeah. If you, yeah, when you see it, like Mikhail's coming up with the puck, and then he really has nobody around to yeah, sort no of pass, pass it off to or yeah, stuff like no that, pass. and then it just keeps leading to like just us dumping, it and then the other team just taking it from there because there's no real. I yeah, guess that's what that, they do the four checking without a plan. It's yeah. what like basically. Or just like a, they just whenever they have the puck, they don't have a plan. Every yeah. other line, or our third and fourth line specifically, have a plan when they're, they're when tenacious. they have the puck. That's how I describe them. They they're tenacious. They just mm -hmm. go right at it. But yeah. the one thing I'd say with I don't know, I just feel like this with Kuzmenko. Like uh, we'll come back to more of that later. But just talking about how they're not like playing close to each other. I think. I don't know if coaching staff's probably tried this or not, but I think the biggest thing they could do is just have him watch hockey. Not the Canucks, because I feel like when he's watching himself, he's feeling way more pressure. Like, you know, like, I don't know what's happening. Just have him, like, tell him, like, yo, these are a couple of good games going on today, like Vegas or, you know, the Rangers or any good team. Like, yo, these are some good teams playing today. Just watch them. Just, mm -hmm. like, watch as a fan. Like, you pick up those things, and he'll see, like, when you look from afar way distance you see that these are the mistakes that players are making and this is what they should have been doing and it kind of might help him get used to that because it is a trans transition coming from the khl to you here become where, a student of the game yeah. pretty mm -hmm. much I, don't, yeah. I feel like that's something that they should try with them because obviously you can't teach skill but you can teach small things like that yeah definitely um talking about kuzmenko um canucks and hawks game he definitely had a little bit of a better performance. Um, 2-0 game. Um, my opinion, pretty boring. I'm not going to lie. Um, we don't promote gambling, right? But I lost $20 that day, and I was quite upset. Uh, I had, uh, I think, 6.5. doesn't promote gambling. <laughs> hey, hey, let, let, me, let me share my pain. I'm okay? sorry, that was funny. I was expecting, I was expecting a complete beatdown. Right, like I had Pedersen with three plus points and like over six point five goals, and the game's like two nothing with nobody except for the second line pitching, and I was upset. But uh, with that said, uh, Kuzmenko had a really really nice pass yeah. on that uh, first goal, just coming around the net, spinorama or half spin type thing. Um, feel like he did a little bit better on the four check that day too. Um, but again, it is the Hawks, right? So I, mean I don't know. Hey, the Hawks. I don't know if you guys watched the Edmonton game yesterday. Mm -hmm. Edmonton and uh, uh, Chicago. The Hawks didn't look too, too bad. Mm -hmm. They were, was, is the first goal they scored, Mirazik was just completely out of his net. I don't, like, know, what I don't know what he was doing there. Nobody the knows what one? he was doing. Yeah, the McDavid one. He's just completely like, that was just a terrible goal. Mm -hmm. And then, but the rest of the game, the shots were quite even. And Chicago had their chances. They had a breakaway, they had a penalty shot. They could just, they can't score. They they work really hard, 
which I guess is a good thing on their coach. I think Luke Richardson, like they're a hardworking team. They just have no skill to score. <laughs> I mean, it's just a bunch of third and fourth liners running around out there. Conversely, it is the Edmonton Oilers, right? <laughs> I mean, we'll come back to that after, yeah. but that's going to be a hot topic. But uh, yeah, no. Um, no, but co- coming back to this game, like, yeah, I think after the first five minutes, the Canucks sort of just like put it to rest. Like, yeah, they tried really hard for five minutes, scored two goals, and then they're like, right, we'll just cruise the rest yeah, of the Yeah, that's way. exactly what Talkett said. He's like, they exactly. just kind of cruise the rest of the time. I'm like, hey, whatever, that works. <laughs> like, oh, so now it works. <laughs> yeah, it works when it's the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from a fan standpoint, it's meh, but hey, wins are wins. But uh, another thing that day, that Quinn snipe, holy dude, how did he even see that? I've been thinking about this, like, or even like hearing about it from like other people. It's like the stuff Quinn's doing nowadays, like you don't even like second guess it anymore. It's just no. so common now. And when he eventually like saying like, I don't know. 12 15 years retires it's gonna be like holy like this guy was a vancouver canuck yeah and i, yeah, and I think like he's gonna be one of the like i think him pd jt they all end up in the top 10 of all-time canucks easily i think as easy. long as pd stays <laughs> but i think when definitely Quinn, like quinn's already there Quinn's insane if he gets I, 100 I points he, this year as a defenseman I think he's, already he's, he's already the best defenseman we've ever had Quinn's go- his number's going in the rafters. Like, yeah. there's no, like, doubt about it. But, yeah, what you said, it's like, night in, night out, we get to experience and watch a, literally a generational defenseman. And, like, guys like this don't come all come along all the time. His right? shot was considered a very big weakness. And mm-hmm. now look at it. Yeah. I mean, they call him, what, Huggy Bear, right? So, yeah. don't poke the bear, I guess. <laughs> But uh, that was terrible. Hey, man. Yeah, that was, that that was, was bad. Brutal. I was shaking my head. Man. That was like, brutal. Oh. <laughs> hey, I saw it. I took the opportunity. But uh, you shouldn't have. Yeah, hey, <laughs> listen, I did it. It's too late now. I can't say anything about it. But uh, yeah, man, like he's insane. And like there's that other stat too I saw um, a couple days ago. It was like, I believe the top 10 or top eight defensemen in the league, right? And how much time they've had the puck on their stick in the ozone. And everybody from 10 to 2 or 8 to 2, wherever it was, in between 30 to 40 minutes, none of them had it at 40 minutes, right? Everyone was yeah. below 40. Whereas in Quinn Hughes, was at like 57 minutes. Right? Maybe that's 60, no? Something around. Might be after these few games, yeah. but at that time it was 57. And I remember seeing a lot of uh, the Avalanche fans especially, like, oh, maybe he needs to pass the puck up more. But I'm like, well, he's also leading in assists, right? So. Yeah doesn't really make sense but it's uh i think that one stats like a good showcase of how dominant he's been this year and uh something that we kind of talked about at the start of the season was that although you know pd is sometimes recognized as like the guy in vancouver and like you know all that stuff quinn is the one that when he goes on the ice you know he's present like he's the one that like dominates the game and uh yeah like as you said like He's a crazy talent. It's crazy to think that, yo, he's a Vancouver Canuck. He's like a, if you compare sports, he's like, he's like a point guard, basically. He's like a Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. He's I can like see a, how he can uh, be like, like Kyrie. He's super he's, shifty. He's so yeah, shifty. I get that. I, I see him as like a Kyrie type. Like, it, it's just insane. I think, 
you'll never like really understand how great he was until eventually he retires or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a treat watching him every day. And so fun to thank, use in chill. Oh yeah. <laughs> thank God for what's it, Arizona and Detroit for messing up that draft and dropping him right to us. Wonder if Philip Zadina and was it so we're gonna sit Jared here act, are doing? We're gonna sit here and act like we both didn't want Zadina so badly. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did at the time, right? Okay. But... To be fair, I did not like the Pedersen pick or the Hughes pick. Who and I'll, I'll we, admit it. We we didn't it know that them. We wanted. Who was it that we wanted? Velardi, right? Velardi. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were we were pissed off. I we were that. dumb, and I'll admit it. We, yeah, were, we were dumb little kids. It, it was, you know, you see those Canadian players oh. and you're like, yeah, go Canada. Yeah. And Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't end well. Oh, what could have been? Like Imagine. The whole, the whole pick was made because he was Canadian. He was a BC kid. It was so funny. All right. Move on. Let's go on. Yeah. Let's yeah. not. Um, maybe not. Let's go not Canada. embarrass ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but moving past the Hawks game, like like we said, it was kind of just like a try for the first five minutes, cruise past. Um, a little bit more of an entertaining one, although we ended up on uh, the losing side of things. The Blues game, 4-3 uh, overtime loss. A um, couple of things. One was Pia Suter and that third period hat trick, which was uh, fun to watch. Um, the missed cross check on Pedersen. Uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on it. I was kind of like half and half, like, do I think it's a cross check? Yes. Do I think PD sold it a little bit? Yes. But at the end of the day, a cross check, cross check, you got to call it. Um, I know Zadorov got benched, and there were some post game comments that uh, Talkett also made that kind of got around. So overall, like, what do you guys think? I think, yeah, that game was weird. Mm-hmm. We were dominating a lot, I'd say. Yeah. Like, we had, like double the shots, everything. Like, it felt like a lot of the game was played in the Blues' end, but. For some reason, Joel Hofer was just, he turned into Demko that yeah. night and yeah. wouldn't let anything past him. But hey, glad to get a point out of it. Mm-hmm. The cross check, I 100% believe that was a penalty. I do think PD messed up on the offensive end, though, right before mm-hmm. that play where he kind of like lost the puck. Yeah. Like, he I agree with the puck on the blue line. Yeah. I agree <laughs> with Talkit. Like, he needs to skate a little. Like, he needs to start skating. Like, can't be stationary. But, that penalty, I think it needs to be called. I think there's, it, it just makes no sense. Like he clearly dumps him right in front of the net, and then I don't know. Refs right. aren't on it. My take on it is, it's, it's a penalty, but it's it's different. It's like if it's a borderline call like that, I feel like it's kind of he kind of sold it, but it's still a penalty. I feel like if it was the beginning of the game, as they were called like throughout the game a bunch like we had what three cross checking penalties right mm-hmm. so like if it was in the first or second period even early third i feel like it would have been called but in that moment in overtime i don't think that the ref wanted it to like impact the game that much i but guess it, it, it was it, so it was such a borderline call cuz it, it wasn't really did, a borderline he he sold it a little bit at the like when he fell, like after he was already on the ground, he sold it. But I don't think that's a borderline call. You can't just go up to the front of the net. You don't even have the puck around. The puck's not even anywhere close, and you just clearly cross check the guy to the ground. In, in that, that's fairness, a penalty. 
in all fairness, Brady and Shanna after the game all but admitted that it was a penalty. So yeah, like, he's then... like, oh, he's like, oh, well, he didn't call it or something like that. I forgot what the exact quote was, but he basically said, "I it was probably a penalty, but it didn't get called." I didn't hear that, but I heard uh, their coach Drew Bannister. He was like, first of all, that guy looks scary. I don't know. He just looks weird. Like, looks like an alien to me. But he just said we were falling. He's like, he's like, yeah, the the Canucks were falling around a lot because he started talking. I don't know if he was referring to PD or who he was referring to. He's like, yeah, you got a 6'3", 220 defenseman. I was like, damn. Ian Cole. Ian Cole's not 6'3". No, he was talking about Ian Cole, though. The goal? The goal? I think. Yeah, the goal. The disallowed goal. Yeah, the disallowed goal. He was talking about Ian Cole. But that's the thing. You can't just, like. If you kind of skate with the stick, it's all right. And refs won't call it. But when you just clearly cross check and you're just standing there, they're gonna call it. And that should have been called in overtime. You can't let something like that happen, especially when it's three on three. You cross check yeah, a we guy. Can't, we can't ignore the fact that he could have easily gotten up and like at least got a stick on the shot. He just took his but, he but took his sweet old time getting up, and that's what led to all these post-game comments all right <laughs> that, that's not that's not the thing that led to it it was more so the offense and the turnover the turnover is what led to it because he kind of just stood around there that's where talk it was sort of getting at and our end at that point when it's three on three there's so much space and you cross check a guy he falls down that opens up way more space for you and that's something that needs to be called. Yeah, but I he don't know. had a lot of time to get back up and get right back on Braden Shen, but he didn't it was, do it. It was like a split second thing. It was like a second, second and a half. There's not much time there. No, he was up. Uh, I think he I he did agree get up, him. but like it's it's a thing. Like when you fall, when you get cross checked like that, you're obviously expecting a penalty. Yeah, yeah he did. He did when he was on the ground. He kind of did look at the ref. Even Quinn, after. Quinn, like Quinn, slammed a stick right after the goal because like, it was like, yo, that's a clear penalty. Yeah, no, my take is like 100% penalty, 100% should have been called. It's just like, it's, I guess it's natural instinct, like when a penalty should be called as a player to react a certain way, right? Because you're like, okay, the arm's probably up or like he's going to blow a whistle. But ideally what would I, what have I liked is that he just played full effort, right? Feel like what Gur said, they like could have gotten up, could have got a stick on it, right? Play till the whistle's blown, but uh, yeah, it is what it is, but I don't think that particular aspect of the play you can blame as much on PD than you can on the ref, right? Whereas in the turnover, you can put it more on PD because that was his fault. Like he turned it over twice in the at the blue line, so and that's he more so, it, so exactly. So that's more so his fault. But the other, the secondary part, that's on the ref. Outside of the PD, the PD incident, uh, PS Suter. So that's his second career hat trick. Same um, day. Same day. Yeah, which that's nuts. Oh um, shit! I didn't know that. He got, there were nice goals. Like, I think yeah. he's, uh, uh, one of them was on the power play. Yeah. And uh, I kind of like him in that spot, in that little bumper area. Like, yeah. two of the goals were like, uh, more like, kind of greasy goals. Greasy goals, yeah. Just like, you know, hunting for the puck in the scrum and then getting it on net. The first and third one were more like that. And then the second one was a pretty nice shot. Up Matt, top. To, to think about it, we got him for what, 1.6 million for two, like over two years. So yeah, three point two in total for two. The years. only reason we got and him was because nobody wanted to give yeah, him nobody, more than one. Yeah, year. we got him in like what mid August or something like that, <laughs> early mid August. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got to give props to this pro scouting of the team where guys like him, Bluger, all those guys are you know coming in and they step in and it's like, damn, they got some game. Like, with next year, there's a lot of uncertainty with 
especially the way Bluegers played, Joshua, Lafferty, like, are those guys going to stay or are they going to be gone? But at least you have Suter there where it's like, if, you know, one of those guys leave, you can probably get him to the third line and have that line still producing because mm-hmm. he's been, he's shown a little bit that he can produce. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Like As good as they've been, they are like, eventually gonna have to be like replaced they're those replaceable guys eventually you know what i mean because like you're not gonna want to pay them the money that they deserve but like that's what makes good bottom lines right yeah like guys that like outperform their contracts play better than they are i mean you can argue that with like a whole team i guess like guys that outperform their contracts but those bottom lines especially right they do the dirty work like with bluger he has 13 points in his last 15 games that's quite good production from him yeah almost point per game as a like what, million million dollars a year i think something around that something range like that. yeah how oh, much but at the same time i i was listening to these uh this interview of casey de smith mm-hmm. and it was at the canucks ice and dice gala Mm-hmm. And they're just asking him about like what does he think like about the team everything like mm-hmm. you get the sense that everybody's really humble like he was like you know I'm just trying to con- I have a really small role in here but I'm trying to contribute as much as I can even though I'd say he's been one of the better backups in the league like oh yeah that's not a small role that's a he's doing his role quite well and mm-hmm. he's just saying like you know this coaching staff like just talking about how good they are and how there's a plan there and how everybody feels comfortable and every guy that comes into the dressing room like they want to play for each other and just that whole like we were talking about last episode that whole team atmosphere there and i've there's been talks about it where you know maybe guys don't take discounts but more guys want to come here because of the coaching staff and the sort of mm-hmm. culture that's been created now yeah there could be a couple guys that might want to take discounts just to be around there you never know but you you like that sense of where players even like Casey DeSmith, he's only been yeah, around it's really since, important. It's, since yeah, definitely. October and he comes in and he's talking so well about the team and the whole culture, everything. Yeah. yeah it I mean, definitely helps in free agency. Yeah. Especially he, in Van, right? Like what, when a free agent think like maybe a third, fourth liner comes in and sees that, you know, ooh. the Canucks coaching staff, they've helped these like third, fourth liners have career years all of a sudden. It mm-hmm. sort of gives that incentive to be like, you know what? Maybe I could do something there. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. And as a fan, it's exciting, man. Yeah. It's so exciting. Like one of the biggest things I admired about that 2011 team was like their willingness to play for one another, yeah. that championship culture. That sort just, of camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. And like we, this city and this team hasn't seen that in so long. So it's like, it really brings back a huge wave of hope. Yeah. So let's that, see where that, that sort of, where I guess the emotional part of being a fan kicks in, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like from a b- business standpoint, Kuzmenko trade him. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you see how well he is with all the teammates. He's such a well-liked teammate. Everybody, like, you hear Quinn talking about it too. Like, you know, like we feel so happy that he's like producing. Like we want him to succeed. We want him here. And you kind of mm-hmm. feel that like, you know, you don't want to mess with the fabric of the team either. But then at the same time, you know, you got to make some tough decisions and, it's going to be yeah. interesting. You've got to find that balance. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on a little bit into a different direction. Talking about bottom line guys. Um, one guy that I feel like needs a little bit more recognition. I know we talked about uh, Suter on the power play and how he's kind of doing good on that uh, bumper spot. Um, another guy that I think 
and I think we all think deserves to be on the power play is Niels Hoglander. Um, his scoring production on at five on five has been tremendous. Um, and I feel like if you put him in a situation where you're a man or two up, um, it just gives him more room to strive, right? Like, why can't he be a 30 goal scorer if he's on the power play? Yeah, there's there's sort of two guys that I think of like that should get a power play opportunity mm-hmm. with like if the Canucks are sort of trying out other guys, like Pia Suter has been he's done quite well recently, but Hoglander and Dakota Joshua. I feel like those guys in more of like a net front sort of scrappy role, like, you know, get those rebounds after a shot. I think those guys could be really useful there. And even just talking about like Hoglander and how well he's produced at even strength, he's he has 14 even strength goals. All of his goals are even strength. Mm-hmm. He's tied with Brady Kachuk, Brendan Hagel, Clayton Keller, Matthew Kachuk, Connor yep. McDavid. Like the list goes on and on with the players that he's sort of producing the same as on even strength then I don't know that's one thing where I feel like talk it kind of needs to let him be on the power play maybe with try him out with the first unit because if Hoglander can take that step and become that top six winger that you kind of you're looking from the outside I think he's already shown that yeah he's shown that but it's about like you know getting that chemistry with like a line like figuring out who he works better with whether it's Miller or Pedersen at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but I feel like he should be getting a shot on the power play. No, yeah. definitely. 100%. Like, a guy with that much skill, and you know he has, like, a pretty good shot when he has this time to get it off. Um, Even if it's on the second unit, like, he definitely deserves at least one look mm-hmm. on either either of the units. Obviously, I would prefer it would be on the first unit because mm-hmm. that'll be more of a, like, a proper look but i mean if you don't want to mess with it right now i understand but he definitely has shown that he deserves it well i would definitely mess with the power play it's not like we've been having a good power play recently our power yeah. play has kind of been bad. pretty mid so it came when, out red hot when it when it's cool. not doing that well i think what what's really stopping you from trying that because mm-hmm. yeah, it's clearly not working fir- who do you move out of the first power play unit because last year, Kuzmenko's sort of way of scoring power play goals was he was the net front guy. He was mm-hmm. getting those rebounds, those tips. That's kind of turned into Brock Besser, where Besser's taking that role now. And Kuzmenko's pushed down, like, he's playing, like, uh, underneath the goal line and sort of tells you that he's not scoring from there. So why not try a guy like Hollylander there? Because Kuzmenko's the one that always comes out of power play one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Pia Suter ends up on power play one or whoever. Even so, Ronick at one point. Yeah. So I don't know why you wouldn't try him or even Dakota Joshua. I feel like that guy is the guy you could try there too. Having him in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Good screen there. He gives me Tom Wilson vibes <laughs> in front of the net on a power play. Alex Burrows. <laughs> Alex Burrows, yeah. Made his career doing that. Yeah, that's um, true. Talking about 2011. <laughs> like 2011 vibe. Uh, you guys see the power rankings this week? Yeah. Yeah, man. Canucks, it's, uh, Bruins. Forget the Oilers. A blast, a blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the Oilers. Canucks and Bruins at the top. Wow, what would a rematch look like? How would you feel about that? Like, would you be able to take it? Like, emotionally, no. psychologically? No. no. Like, <laughs> no, not a different. I feel like most of, like, we don't have a single 2011 player left. Yeah, and but even, it's the same. Yeah, we like, don't. Yeah, you, you, but those guys do. 
they, they have, have Marshawn still. I mean, technically, if you bring back time, they have like technically. Who else do they have from that team? Still? Tec- I, I, don't know, I don't know what's happening to Lucic. I think he's like dealing with his sort of like heart case and stuff. Not yeah. sure if he really plays with them, but those only that's the only guy I can think of. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't think I'd want that. But like, like from a fan perspective, you know, like like not even just the players out there. It's just it's Canucks and Bruins. Yeah, it still has that mm-hmm. emotional attachment. It's one of the it. best finals, and I ever. I cannot take it again. No chance. No no chance. The thing is, right? It's two different worlds, right? Either your inner child gets healed, right, <laughs> or your trauma gets further worse. extended, right? Like, it gets worse. And I don't know if I wanna if I wanna have to uh, put up with <laughs> take that. that risk. Yeah, no, no chance. Especially it, this time, what's Marshawn's their captain. Imagine, oh my god, yeah, that's I couldn't. That I would, rat I don't, man. I don't know how he's still doing it, but yeah. I don't know. It makes no sense to. He's me. like another Matthews type guy, I guess. Like I don't like him. Bro, he had what, like two goals yesterday, or three, or something like two, I think. But yeah. two for sure. I don't know if he had a third, but he's. I don't know how he consistently does it year after year. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Even with like just this season, it's been. Quite an odd season. A lot of stuff just mm. happening. Like Canadian teams are good again. Yeah, we have the Canucks. We have the Bat Oilers. We trembling. have the Jets. Pause. I think the Oilers are frauds, but we'll get to that. Good. I was just Jets, about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. Del- hey, you were the one saying that the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, and no, they're going to go on a whole run and this yeah. that. No, no, I never said on a run. I said they're going to finish second in the division because it doesn't. That's change... basically a run. Then. It doesn't yeah. change the like, fact how, that is gonna, a run. how else are they going to get okay, there? Okay, here, let me let me uh, clarify what I'm saying. I don't know why Gers is talking when he's basically a closeted Oilers fan. No, shut up, man. Um, <laughs> but what I said was they're going to finish second in the Pacific, and the rationale I kind of had behind was that, that Vegas is hurt and. You know, when you're playing below 500 teams on a daily basis, you're you're going to win a bunch. And I guess the 15-game win streak is kind of proof of that. But uh, in no way did I say, that are they going to win? Uh, are they going to win and go off on like a cup run or anything? They got the Vancouver Canucks, Colorado Avalanche, Winnipeg Jets all standing in front of them. I don't think they beat any of those three in any way or form. I think we beat them in five. And I know some Oilers fans are going to be butthurt about that, but it's just how it is. It's we'll we'll see what happens, but I mean, hey, it's good to see Canadian hockey succeeding again. The only yeah. thing that I have left to ask for is that Toronto falls out of a playoff spot. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be nice. That, that'd be a dream season right there. But it's it's a weird season with the West. It, I'd say about seven of the eight teams are kind of decided already. Mm-hmm. Like what seven teams are going to be there? But on the East, it's. The wild card race is insane because there's a lot of teams there that are within striking distance and just a couple uh, a little winning streak and they could be in the playoffs or they could fall out with like just losing a couple of games. Yeah. Um yeah. I know we, we talked about this on the last episode um when uh Patrick Wall got hired for uh the Islanders. Yeah. We? Yeah. Um I was like, yeah, like maybe that can kind of be like that shift or that change that they needed. Doesn't seem to be going too well for them. <laughs> yeah, they've had it tough. I think they've won one game. They won their first. Yeah, one out of three. I know mm-hmm. they lost to Vegas and I know they lost to Montreal Canadians, which mm-hmm. that one's tough. That right? one was uh, crazy. I don't know how they lost that game. What do you guys think is going to make it? 
from the, the east yeah like that little race that's going on like who who ends up pulling through and why let's hear it i kind of want to see where you guys take us on this because it's Bo- interesting boston definitely florida mm-hmm. dude florida's a scary team yeah they florida's always are a- but they this year, they 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 added like a level of scrappiness to their team. I'd say they're a they're a real playoff team. Like yeah. once you once they, they get they, in there, it's kind they of got a crazy. lot of pests on that team. Like got Matthew Kachuk with Nick Cousins. Like not a lot of guys that you kind of want to go against in the playoffs when things get a little I, heated. I think the Atlantic is set in pretty much yeah. set. Tampa like, two, one, yeah. two, three. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to finish. Atlantic set. It's more so the Metropolitan Rangers. Rangers, yeah, they'll make it. Carolina, I think they'll make it. Philly, I think just the way they've been this season, I think they just end up in there. I don't so, know, man. With the goalie situation, no, I don't know. You know what's crazy though? Like, yeah. it looks like the Rangers have had like a tremendous season, and yeah. don't get me wrong, they have, right? But and the Leafs, on the other hand, look like they've been doing absolutely terrible. But they're literally only five points apart, and but, the Leafs have two games in hand. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, if you look at even the top end of the standings, like, because we've been, like, all Canucks fans have been, like, just looking at standings every day. Mm-hmm. You see so much change happening all of a sudden. Like, we go from yeah. first, we went to, like, fifth, and then we come back to first, and then third, and it's literally one or two points is deciding most of the league right now. Do you guys think Jersey sneaks their way back in with Jack's back? Maybe. Yeah, man, I think, I think Detroit's going to fall out. Detroit. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in Detroit. I don't believe in Detroit. Me personally, I think um, it's going to be Philly and Detroit that start falling out, and then there's going to be two teams that replace them there. I don't know. I see, I see Philly, probably Jersey, in. and the Islanders. Maybe. I, I maybe, believe maybe, in maybe, Philly's maybe structure. Even the Capitals. I, I believe in Philly's structure again, like with Tortorella. Yeah, I think he's got them to play a certain way, which is going to succeed for depends. now. It and, depends on how their goaltending is going to be the rest of the way because it's they, kind they, of a murky situation. They're a team where I feel like if you play them in the first round, they're not an easy out. They're, they're going to be a team that's going to be you know tough on you and make life hell. Knock but, the Bruins out, please. As much as it is, I think Toronto maybe sneaks in just considering the rest of the competition and maybe New Jersey comes in. But they don't have Dougie Hamilton until playoff time and then their goalie situation is terrible too recently. Hasn't Dougie been out most of the the whole season? No, he's been he's played like 20, 30 games. Yeah, there you go. He's played around like 24, 30 games, I think, something like that. Yeah, and they were on a tear when Jack was in the lineup. Like yeah. Jack was at what at the start of the season, obviously. Oh yeah, he was leading the league. Yeah, and he was like he yeah, looked he like was he was insane. on pace for one sixty or something. Yeah. So yeah, let's see how that goes. Um. But yeah, it should be but interesting, man. They they've had, I guess, similar issues like the Canucks, where they have Alexander Holtz, who's mm-hmm. producing a lot. Yeah. Them, and but the coach just doesn't trust him. Like obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's not the same as the Hoglander situation, but it's mm-hmm. similar ish where he doesn't really play much, but he's like he has a twelve I goals, also, yeah, twelve yeah, goals, okay. eleven assists, and twenty three points in forty six games, and he's playing like ten minutes a night. Yeah, where it's like you know, I, I don't, I don't understand that thinking. That's one thing I, I hate I guess about it's hockey just coaches. Not wanting, it's not wanting to give your young guys too much, like get them overwhelmed. I don't know. That's just no, like but, it could be a, it could be a reason. I don't well, agree when, with it. When you need wins and you need goals, you got to put the guys that are going to score up. No, I know that. Yeah. but it's just that that that's like 
the way they might be thinking. I don't, I'm not saying it's like the yeah. right way to be thinking. It's just some, some coaches think that way. They don't want to give their young guys too much responsibility and have them drain their confidence if they don't do well with that responsibility. But I think you can go a little higher than that. Like you don't have to like play him your young guys like on the first line or something like that but yeah like 10 minutes know, a night obviously is way like too around low. 15 like, it could be like like 13, 14 15 13 14 minutes is probably what he should be getting if you have your first line guys playing like 18 19 minutes like you can have that guy playing more like 14 15 ish i don't know he should I, be a really solid like at least a solid driver on that third line yeah and i don't know i feel like coaches need to start doing that sometimes like Especially New Jersey, they're having issues scoring goals. You have your answer right there. Use him. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he's a top five pick for a reason. One thing I did want to share, um, talking about standings and all that. I remember when we made that prediction, even when I talked about the Oilers, um, and them climbing the ladder up. Why did you just bring it up every episode? Just like prove a point. Like, hey, I said, I told you so. I told you. Yeah, because <laughs> I know. Look, I was I right one gonna, time. <laughs> I know I'm gonna be right. So I'm no, you're like, not. You said no, uh, no, Seattle no, would be right in. You said yeah, Seattle I mean, would be in. Let it set in. It's still. It's happening. Seattle's not gonna be in. They Seattle will be. Seattle is falling, bro. They're I will falling. come back to you in a couple of weeks. Right. Well, the team's already falling apart. Drew Doughty's out here losing his. Brain, so. <laughs> still better than the Seattle. Are, okay, that's 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 an L on my part. The Kings are falling <laughs> apart. It's crazy. The that, downfall is insane. They, it needs to be. They could have been if they didn't do that. Pierre Luc Dubois trade. They could have been the best team in the Pacific. They would have been dangerous. They would have been. Now could have been. They would have been. Because you take out all the main pieces from Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Or not the main pieces, but like a but bunch a of the couple of good pieces. pieces. Gabe Velarde, yeah. Alex okay. Iafalo. Mm-hmm. And you also put that cancer back on the team, right? That's in a way like the sorry. me, 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 me. Like, yeah, like, sorry, he's all about himself, lot, and he sucks. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, maybe that's why Winnipeg's succeeding too. Not just because they got Iafalo and all those guys, but they also got rid of him. But uh, what I wanted to mention was, um, Canucks are currently tied for points, point percentage. Okay, we also lead the NHL in. Uh, goal differential okay and uh regulation wins so we have the eighth hardest schedule left after the all-star break where do you see them finishing now i know we talked about this in the first week right so it's been four weeks now month later we've got a little bit better idea of uh, what we're headed towards what do you guys think i know gerbots has something around 108 to 112 points uh Gers said somewhere no around clue. Yeah, I remember this because I don't even remember what I you know, said. I don't even think I gave I'm like dead set on remember that don't forget about that fifty dollar better, right? Yeah. Canucks, are, Canucks gonna... are finishing first in the NHL this year. I'd rather they win the cup than the president's trophy. We're winning both. The curse doesn't the say curse, so bad. The, the curse, curse. yeah. The hey, curse. Man, we went to Toronto this year and we touched the cup and look at our team now, right? Yeah. So let's but, see. I'd uh getting to that, like the Canucks do have a harder schedule, but I they have a lot of like time in between games. They don't have games crammed up. They have a lot of their back to backs already, mm-hmm. and they're like playing Edmonton most their games. Most their play most their games are happening at home too now. So I feel like that kind of makes it a little easier. And at the same time, I'd rather be playing that tougher competition going into the playoffs. Yeah, rather than having super easy competition, and then you're kind of like okay. You think it's a walk in the park, and then all of a sudden you have 
you know, a really good team. Yeah, up it's like against you, you okay, you're winning going into the playoffs, but look at your competition. Then the playoffs come and you're like, Oh my god, we were playing bombs. This is way harder than we my like, my ideal situation though, because seven of the eight teams in the uh what's it called Western Conference, I think are legit Stanley Cup contenders that you never know what could happen. Any one of them could, you know, make a run for it. I would want to win the uh, conference, but not the league. I don't want to win the league. Anybody else can take Boston, take it again. You're going to choke anyways. Give us the number one seed in the conference. I'm a firm believer in curses. I am a Cowboys fan. So maybe you should stop being a Canucks fan. That could maybe help us. But, anyways, the Jimmy Johnson curse. We thought we lifted it, but we didn't. And we still suck. Anyways. Back to Canucks hockey. <laughs> Go Green Bay. Yeah. And uh they lost too. What the hell are you talking about? I don't about? care. They beat Niners. the Cowboys. They Niners. beat the Cowboys. Niners. Niners got it. But yeah, hey, Cowboys. Man. Yeah, but hockey. I, hockey. I'd play a team like playing a team against like Nashville, like who we're sort of projected to play right now if the playoffs were to start. That's a team I think the Canucks can kind of take on easier compared to any other team. And we match up well against them. Yeah. We have this year, so yeah. I mean, the Oilers, they have four games in hand on us, man. You know, if they win all four of those, they're like only four points behind us. I'm glad but, you brought that up now. Because, yeah, go for it. Well, but they also it, have eight back to backs after the All Star break. I was well, going to say, go everybody's ahead. sort of talking about the Oilers, Oilers, this, Oilers, that, which is just so annoying. Like, we get it. Just stop. I don't care if they're, you know, blowing out Chicago or columbus or whatever i don't really care about that just the team that's really surprising me and i think nobody's really talking about much is vegas yeah seven two and one in their last 10 games yes they they don't have shay theodore jack eichel william carrier canucks legend ben hutton Mm -hmm. william carlson michael amadio like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of key pieces there that they're playing without and they're keeping up Seven two and one in their last ten games. They beat uh, the Rangers the other day too, and I mean, hey, it's a team you got to watch out for. And I still think, from a playoff perspective, I think the best team in the conference, the Western Conference, is it's Vegas. A, it's Vegas. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, come playoff time, they're hundred percent the best team in the West. Yeah, I think Vegas the is the best in the West, and then Florida then would Colorado. be my Florida would be my pick in the East for like playoff yeah. hockey. Playoff hockey, hundred percent. Hey man, that's your last year's finalist, so it checks out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, with the Oilers, one thing I wanted to talk about, I think uh, Gers kind of mentioned it. So they've had a bit of an easier schedule. Like, sure, like I'll give them their credit in the fact that like you do have to maintain a certain level of consistency, game in, game out, to win fifteen in a row. Yeah. And I think they are only a few games short. I think it's seventeen is the largest streak in yeah. the NHL ever. So. Hey man, they have a chance to make history, whether it's against below 500 teams, mostly or not, right? Streak's a streak, but uh, after the All-Star break, they're going to play 37 games in 73 days, okay? Yeah. They got two Eastern road trips with eight sets of back-to-backs, right? Including three in the last two weeks of the season, yeah. right? So what do you guys think? I, To be honest, like I remember I kind of had like, a counter argument i kind of spoke in favor of um edmonton and i still do think they will finish second 
right? But what I think is going to happen is they're going to be hot for a bit, but that latter end of the season, like that month, month and a half, so we're really going to see that drop off. You can't expect Stuart Skinner to keep playing this way. I just don't see it. I don't trust that guy as much. And I, I know, do man. I do think this team sort of will take a step back, like not a step back, but they'll come down to reality. Mm-hmm. The average standing position of their opponents in these 15 games has been 22 out of 32 teams. That's the bottom third of the league. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good streak like you're you know winning the games you're supposed to, but at the same time I don't know. I don't really see it correlate. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a super long winning streak. If you go up against a team in the playoffs that matches up well with you, what do you, what's that streak gonna do for you? It does yeah, but nothing. That's like if any you, streak but, for any team. But, but here's yeah. But here's the thing: people are putting way too much into the streak. Everybody's like, "Oh my god, they're a cup. Yeah. they're gonna win the cup. They're gonna win the cup." Yeah, they're the cup favorites. Like, it's more they were the like cup the way they're playing. You know, like, like they just you, have you, a different s- feel about them. But are I'm you saying. but are you gonna sit here and say like hypothetically if Edmonton finished the second. Vegas is finishing third. Are you telling me that against a healthy Vegas, which is supposed to be healthy by Vegas playoff time? Win. No way. What, what are you going to do with that 15-game win streak? Go take it and I don't know. Honestly, that 15-game win streak at the end of the day would have screwed them over because it made them finish and play Vegas. Which, so I get your argument. I, I'd rather them finish in a wild card spot if you're talking them winning around. But like, I if mean, they finish two or three, and you play Vegas. Either way, like whether you're two or three, you're still gonna play Vegas. Yeah. And but even if they lose. fell to a wild card position, they'd probably only fall to wild card one rather than two. Mm. With wild card one, you'd be going up against Colorado. Yeah, which is like they much have better a better yet. chance against them though. Uh, like, no, no, not much Obviously, Colorado's still like. Way better than Nate Dog. Yeah, it's Nate Dog's been on a tear, right? You don't want that guy. He's one in the heart. He definitely. Oh, you don't want him on the road. That man now on home ice has been insane. It's yeah. like what twenty six straight games. Like he's twenty five, I think now, right? Something like that. Like mm-hmm. you do not want him against then, you on the road. Especially one that team, thing for that team's oh. winning the central right now without Landeskog, and Landeskog is yeah. starting to skate now, and he's going to be back too. Which is there's crazy no, because nobody thought he would be back this year. There's not a he, chance, including him. There's not a chance in my eyes where I see Edmonton beating Colorado this year. I, just I don't, don't see it either. I would take Edmonton like if like that's what it came down to. Like over all the other teams, like if our first round matchup has to be Edmonton, Vegas, LA, or anyone like that, like I'd I would take Edmonton. I'm confident. I probably take LA first at this point, I'd unless they LA. make a big like trade and. You know, somehow turn it around, which they could. They have Arvidsson out right now. Mm-hmm. They could turn it around, but for the time being, I take LA. But if you're looking at Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado, Winnipeg, I go Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas is an underrated team too. Nobody's really talking about Dallas that much. Nobody ever yeah. talks about Dallas, Nobody, and they're always they got, consistently. They got an amazing good. goalie. They've got an amazing top nine. They got defense good defense. Is good too. Their top four is yeah. very good too. It kind of remind me of us before this year. Like Miro nah. Heiskanen gets no um, credit 
And he's like one of the, the best. That, even Jason Robertson. League. That's the sense what I'm kind of trying to talk it in, right? Like uh, not in terms of like team style, but in terms of credit. Like you got Ottinger, you got Robertson, you got Heiskanen, and like before the season, like guys like Demko Hughes and like Pedersen. Like Pedersen was always on the radar a bit because like he'd be making those crazy plays, and like I guess Demko had the bubble run, but like Hughes especially. But it's like more so like get, giving their full credit was never there, and like we finally get it now. I feel like it's a similar situation in Dallas, right? Like they got that skill and talent, but it's not always uh, given the recognition it deserves. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's a hey. The playoffs are going to be insane because, like I said, I think seven of the eight teams have a legit chance. It's wide open this to year. like Dog win fight. the cup. Like if Nashville makes it, I'm sorry, you're not winning a cup. There's no chance. Like there's isn't Seattle's not winning a cup. Arizona's not Clip winning it. it. Watch Nashville win now. No, nah, there's there's not a chance. I don't even be surprised if they sell at the deadline. Yeah. It, Honestly, I think they should. I, I think they're they should too. They're kind of stuck in the same spot every year. You know they, what I they mean? They don't really like have... They were in that spot yeah. last year too, where you're kind of just good enough, but you're not going to do anything when you get there. It's like that typical Minnesota team. Yeah. Literally. That Minnesota team for all like the 2010s, everything. like You're good enough to make the playoffs. You're not good enough to make some noise. and yeah. You're not bad enough to add a really good piece to your team. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I and mean, there's a few teams in that situation, I guess. And like, that's another one we could talk about. It's like, and like Canucks are kind of like linked in to that, them. In that situation, just one second, I just want to say something. In that situation, if your team is on the like aging side, you always should sell. Like, I, I yeah. don't think it's, I think it's a no brainer. I mean, they should sell, management. but then they sign a guy like Ryan O'Reilly to a deal. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you should. Yeah. But, like, NHL owners and GMs, they all just, I don't know. Their ways of thinking sometimes are very There is very an element of once you make it, you never know. But I feel I like your that. team your team needs to be at a certain standard to do that. Like, mm-hmm. Florida last year, nobody really expected them to make that run. Everybody thought, okay, they're going up against Boston. They're done. There's no chance they make it out. Weren't they, a wild, they were, were a wild card. They, they were the eighth seed. They were eighth down, seed, yeah. down 3-0. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Insane. So, I, I do think there's an element of that where, you know, if you make it, you could have a chance. But I think you need that top end talent to do that. Bull Forsberg yeah. has been a really good piece, but he's not that top end talent where he'll push that needle. He's been a little cold this he, year. Yeah. He well, he's he started the year really well. Really I haven't good. really paid attention to how he's been doing recently, but he started the year on a tear. Yeah, he's, like, he's oh, at, no, somebody's going to have to fact check that because we don't really he, he's at fifty. He's at 50 points in 48 games, which is pretty good. Um, oh, well, I that's, that back that's, then. that's yeah, pretty no, good. For that's a, solid. For a Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly's turning back the clock. 42 points in 48 games. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, but, you know, they don't have a chance. <laughs> they, they don't. don't. I'm even, sorry. Even with like, you can have two guys that are... Like they just, I don't know. Roman Yossi hasn't been. Very, he has is he even playing right now? Yeah, he is. But he's he is. Yeah. there's too many holes in the team. Yeah, but like, but I yeah. mean, they do have an elite goalie, so you really yeah. don't ever know what's gonna happen. You would need him to get red hot to have a chance. Bubble mm-hmm. Demko, moment. bubble yeah, bubble <laughs> Demko, but plus right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what the thing I was trying to talk about was um. You know, we're talking about how teams that are aging should be selling, and you guys wouldn't be surprised if Nashville becomes a seller at the deadline. Um, team I'm looking at, and the Canucks are linked to them, right? and I'll talk about a little bit of things that uh, came up uh, over this week. Um, it's the Calgary Flames. So right now, they sit 
six points out of the second wild card spot behind Nashville. Um, both have a 48 games played, and uh, LA is actually at the same point total as Nashville at 53 as well, but they have two games in hand on Calgary. Um, when is it too early, too late to, you know, determine whether you're still going to keep making a push or, you know, maybe it's time to kind of, you know, pull out and sell. Like, I feel like Calgary has been a little bit more on like the sell side this year, right? That's why you're hearing a bunch of those names come out and the team's been linked to them, including us. But uh, yeah, the cool thing that I saw over this week, and I'm sure you guys saw it too, was that uh, the the people that the Canucks are still in on. So I heard Monaghan is a no-go. Canucks aren't looking to pursue him. But uh, Lindholm from Calgary is one name that is coming up. Henrique is another one from uh, Anaheim, I believe. And uh, Gensel, it's like it's died down, but it's still possible. And uh, I'm not too sure about what's going to happen with that. But the other Flames guy, right? We all know him and love him. Christopher Tanev, right? When went and talked to management and... uh, Basically, I don't know if it was a direct conversation, then direct type thing, right? But basically, in a way, hinted that uh, it'd be nice to have him back. Um, so, yeah, there's some new names that are being thrown out, some old names that have kind of been, uh, you know, pushed out. And another one was uh, the guy from Montreal. I'm I'm going to butcher his name so bad. I think it's like Jacki or something. There's yeah, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Wi-Fi. But Wi-Fi. Hey, yeah, Jacki. Something like, yeah. But yeah, what, <laughs> the funniest thing was Victor was trying to say his name. He's like, he's like Jack guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny. Jack it was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'm really intrigued by this because it's gonna cost a decent amount. But personally, like my own personal standpoint, I would love this team with Lindholm and Tanov. I think we become so much better, right? And I know. Bodge had a little bit of a different opinion on the whole tan of situation. But uh yeah, Lindholm, like I think he'd be a perfect piece, but he's gonna come at a high price. So what what do you guys think? Do you think uh, a package is possible with both Lindholm and Tanev, or do you think they go after just one or the other? I'm strictly on that there's no point in adding a defenseman to this team mm-hmm. when we're already up against the cap and then if you have a package of Lindholm and Tanev, four million from Tanev, four million from Lindholm, there's no way you're fitting in eight million to this lineup. Even at the very least, if you were to somehow get them to be fifty percent retained, both of them, you're gonna be looking at paying a lot. Then at that point, you're giving up a Leckermack or a Wheelander because no team is retaining that much when a team like Calgary can easily trade Tanev at full cost. For at least a first round pick at this point, a team that's like what they're looking for yeah, right now, and they're going to be able to do that. And I don't, I don't see it making sense for the Canucks to have so much dead cap space sitting out every game. Because if they have seven like legit defensemen all making above like three, four million, that's a lot of valuable cap space that's just sitting out every game. Mm-hmm. And come playoff time, I don't, I, I understand the emotional aspect of it. Like, I do believe we should have kept kind of at that point, but. You know, it doesn't make sense right now. Maybe if we didn't have Zadorov, then sure, you know, go for it. But at this point, I don't see it making sense. I think a top six winger or center is more of our need. Whether it's a guy like Henrik, maybe he comes a little cheaper. Lindholm, he has kind of 
cooled off a little bit recently. I think he only has one goal in like 20 games or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His last 20, something like that. He has cooled down a bit, but hey, you never know. Like he can step in and just go at it. He would he would benefit from a change of scenery right but now. But for some reason, I genuinely believe I don't think the Canucks are gonna go after any of these guys. This is my bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I think a guy like whether it's Casey Middlestat or a younger guy around the league. I've heard uh, Dylan Cousins. Dylan too. Cousins, I heard that. I've seen that today. But I feel like one of those guys, those younger centers that are locked up, like or they can lock up long term. I think that's going to be more of their at a at approach. a discount too, because yeah. yeah, like Joel Eriksson Eck, as much as you know, that'd be the perfect fit. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I I don't know. I just can't believe that. I don't believe these names. I think there's going to be something else. That's just like the Hironic trade. It's going to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You're not going to see it coming. That's the beauty of the Rutherford deal, man. Like they were talking about the Hironic trade. Comes out uh, of nowhere. They said their analytical department is the team that identified Hironic and said, hey, he could come into our system and play really well in. It's worked out perfectly. So I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be trying to leak that sort of information. Mm-hmm. Would, would Dylan Cousins, though, like, I know the name got thrown out recently, but he has 26 points in 45 games. Yeah. And he comes at a cap hit of 7.1. Yeah. But he's a young guy. He's, yeah, a, he's a really young guy. Young guy. And like, he can play on the wing or center. He can play both. And that's a, that's a valuable thing on our team. Yeah, right he's now. 22. He's He is really, really young. Like, but, yeah. And, hey, last year he had 68 points. Like, Buffalo's not having the best season this year. So you can always expect him, you know, playing with a few better players. Like, he turns it around. Like, imagine a, imagine a duel of Pedersen and Cousins. Pedersen-Cousins mm-hmm. as your first duel, and then second duel is Miller-Besser. Yeah. That makes you way more legit. Obviously, they're, I don't know, the trade would be quite interesting to see how it ends up. Maybe at that point, a guy like Lecter-Mackey gets involved. Another so. thing I want to say, right, um... I'm assuming this would be a consideration um, from management. Like, one thing I noticed is, like, Cousins is, like, a bigger guy. I mean, 6'3", 195. So, mm-hmm. for playoff hockey, you do want bigger guys, guys that play that, you know, more, like, aggressive type game. But the experience, right? Being a younger guy, being on Buffalo, right? You don't see the playoffs often. And he's only been in the league for, like, so long, right? It's that uh, he doesn't really have that playoff experience. So as a team that's going to be making that trade and this, the goal is to obviously make a push in some some way do you think they still do that i i can see that cuz i i don't think this management group is like looking short term they're mm-hmm. looking a bit longer <laughs> as well where yeah. okay you get a guy like Dylan Cousins he's not just helping you this year he's helping you for the next like 6 7 8 yeah. years you have him for his whole prime yeah. he mm-hmm. hasn't even hit his prime yet and you already yeah. got 68 points yeah, that's a smarter move than say going for a guy like Lindholm, which you know you're not gonna re-sign. Lindholm, Gensel, it's gonna be very difficult to re-sign those guys. Mm-hmm. And I even like a guy like Casey Middlestad, he's having a really good season this year too. He could yeah. be a guy or Frank Vetrano, like he's a little older, but they had interest in him. I think one of those guys, you know, or just some random guy that they're gonna find out of nowhere. That I that's think, my bet. I think. Um... I heard, I heard this on the uh radio the other day. I think, or I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it. Um, it's just that they're more 
interested in finding a guy who can play both winger and center. Like, that's just because it, it just fits more with their It's top nice to have six. the versatility. It's, it's, it's having the versatility that option helps to the make the six. lotto line. Yeah, yeah. You, can, yeah. you can go to the lotto, exactly lotto line it. or split them up. And, then... that, that's, and that, that's where yeah. a guy like Vetrano and a guy like Cousins, they would be perfect because they can both do that. Hey, middle stat could you couldn't have him play? Well. I guess you could have middle stat there too, but I feel like or, he'd just be a little more pricey than the other two. But yeah, yeah, that depends. But even just thinking now, like a guy like Lawson Kraus, like obviously he's a winger, he's not a center, but hey, that'd be a bit that's a big body coming into the team, good for playoff hockey, signed mm -hmm. quite cheap, like 4.4 million or so for mm -hmm. the next like three years or something like that. So yeah. that could be, an, I, I don't know. But I, I don't think it's going to be any of these like Lindholm or Gensel or, you know, whole Henrik. Yeah, I, I don't think they're willing to give up like that much for a guy that they might yeah. not even have next year. Yeah. So I, think, I, yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's a fair point. Um, I do agree with the fact that I don't think management is short-sighted. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. But even um, like looking around the league, like there's obviously like, I guess – the advantage comes from teams signing these younger guys to longer deals earlier. And like we just saw Owen Tippett mm -hmm. signs that deal. What was it? I think he's six point something million. 6.5 for eight years. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a steal. That's an mm -hmm. absolute steal. An absolute a, steal. I, to, I, what's his called? Uh, Danny Breer is doing an amazing job there. Yeah. I think he's really helping turn around Philadelphia and, Hey, go the Drysdale trade. I kind of I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of this signing too. That was that was really good. I'm a fan of this signing too, which you know you get ahead of that, which is something we should have done with Pedersen. But and they, he wanted to do it, but yeah. somebody wanted a bridge deal. Yeah, it's kind of crazy though, right? Just watching Danny Breer playing like the playoffs and stuff, yeah. and now he's a champ. It's kind of crazy, but I, I'd say like. I think bridge deals are more for players like the Hoglanders, Pod Colsons, those type of players. The guys I got the other guys, themselves. you have to sign long term right away. You just yeah. have to bet on the fact. Yeah, but yeah, he wasn't sold on him. That's the thing. Benning wasn't sold. It, it wasn't. He wasn't sold. He just didn't have money. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, he didn't have like, the money for it. Look at like Quinn and even Demko. Like I guess you could say like midterm in a way. Like especially with Demko, like, five years like perfect midterm. I, I think Demko's contract was fair. Yeah, like it, it at was at the time. It was perfect. It was a great deal yeah. for them, and, and now it's even better. As money, it's yeah. even better now. Quinn's a steal, definitely too. But now, hey, with that too, and now we got Hironic coming up. I think that's a contract people sort of forget about. That hey, if he's gonna demand a lot of money, mm -hmm. I and there's no guarantee that he'll stay here either. But he's he's an RFA, so. Either way, we're not losing him for free, okay. so that's the thing. That that's on me. I didn't know he was an RFA. And trust the management, right? Like yeah. we said, same thing with Pedersen. At least assets are coming back, and I trust this management with those assets. But I, I think I hope they get something done there because I really like the structure of our defense, where it's like you have those two guys, Hughes or Ronick, they go out, they're dominating the puck, so they don't really have to defend that much. And then you have the other four guys, sort of bigger, taller defensemen, which mm -hmm. just play that whole shutdown. And even when you split them up, it works good too. Yeah. And then when you need to, you can put them back together. It just doesn't really impact you that much. It's a yeah. good system they have going on at the back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Third couple other things. Um, noticing that we're kind of going over time here, but a uh, couple things going on around the league, uh, hockey world. So why don't we just stick to the NHL first, and then we'll kind of step outside the league after. Um, very recent, the Gallagher suspension. Yeah. Um, just quickly, let's see what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, don't want to get into too much. Uh, I think your thoughts on the short. hit. What are your thoughts on the term? I think it's dirty. Mm-hmm. I think it's way too short. I don't. I don't really believe that whole you know first time offender stuff. I think that's just BS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a dirty play. Six seven games at least, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's super dirty. I don't. Yeah. I, yep. I think the Department of Player Safety is a joke. Agreed. George mm-hmm. Perrell says he's a goof. He's not well for the job. I mean, hey, I God don't even know who him. gave him yeah. the job. Like, why would you give a guy? With that history, that important of a job. Yeah. It was really stupid. But yeah, I, I was surprised. There, there's fans making that stuff up where it's like the teams that have been most suspended are Boston and Toronto ever since he took over. And those are oh, the teams wow. that he's sort of playing like against a lot. Yeah, he had the rivalry with those yeah. two teams. Did not know that. But yeah. uh, that's, I mean, hey, the NHL has a lot of controversy with it all the time. I, mean, I was surprised. To, I was surprised to hear it was the phone interview, and apparently yeah. a phone interview yeah. can only be a max of five games. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I talking about something stuff. going on over there. Colin Campbell. Let's not forget that in 2011, his son's playing the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, somehow he—that's not a conflict of interest. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but uh, hey, when uh, Gary Bettman's the commissioner of the league, anything can happen, right? Especially when a Canadian team's in the. In the finals. But yeah, my quick little thought, dirty hit, uh, intent to injure, right? No need for that elbow to come up. Same thing, should have been six or seven games. Um, yeah, outside of that, um, there's definitely been uh, more controversy surrounding the hockey world, bigger than the suspension. Uh, a lot more of a sensitive topic, right? So we'll try to get um, in and out of the topic as quick as we can. But obviously the whole thing with Hockey Canada and uh you know the sexual assault charges um a lot of nhlers some ex-nhlers um taking notice of leave from their teams and uh you know potentially fitting into that situation and you know being a part of it um yeah i think we're all gonna have a very similar thing to say but i'll let you guys kind of take your take your piece so yeah what do you guys think man i mean you want to go first sure i mean hey it's just the thing that you know it was wrong that's i think everybody can agree on it it was wrong and even on hockey canada you lose lose a lot of trust in an institution like that where you know there's rumor there's reports coming out that they paid the person off before even knowing what players did it and it's like there's so much hush hush around it where it's like yeah there needs to be some sort of accountability where hockey canada needs to you know be a bit more accountable and i mean other sponsors are taking notice of that stuff too where they're pulling their money out and i think that's valid mm-hmm. don't people don't want to be associated with an organization like that and i yes. now we all speculate we don't know for sure but even that whole salt lake city expansion thing it sort of seemed like cover up you know a cover-up sort of thing like hey the timing like, was very sus yeah very. where it's like they're just trying to push that push that news out and be like yeah look at this shiny new toy mm-hmm. and forget mm-hmm. about what's just happening and i mean the nhl needs to do better and stuff like this i think everybody can agree on that mm-hmm. yeah um 
I'm not going to get too much into like the guys. We all know who they are, right, and who they played for. Um, but yeah, Hockey Canada definitely needs to be more accountability. It's a very serious situation, right? Someone uh, is affected in both the physical, psychological, and emotional way, right? We don't know what uh, they're going through. So um, serious matters need to be taken seriously, right? And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a current NHLer, ex-NHLer, you should face the consequences for your actions. And uh, I hate the whole thing with the, the Salt Lake City thing. Like, yes, I'm not doubting the fact that it's real, right? 100%, you know, it can be a legitimate document. But the timing, right, putting it out, could have been like, timed better yeah like read the room yeah read the mm-hmm. room all right and especially considering the stuff that happened last year with the whole chicago blackhawks organization right and then how that was dealt all the information that came out and then you know how the nhl dealt with that like talking about hockey canada i think the nhl also has a certain level of accountability that they need to take right like with the chicago blackhawks right and say what you want like i'm a vancouver canucks fan bedard's a vancouver boy all Canucks fans had a dream of this guy, you know, being drafted to the Canucks, whatever. That's its own separate thing. Right. But when you're a league that goes and punishes a team for, you know, breaking a, a draft, like recruitment rule, something, yeah. I, I don't it remember was, exactly uh, what it Arizona was. Arizona was testing players outside of the uh, combine. Exactly. So they lose a first round pick for something like that. And right? second round pick two and stuff like that. Just exactly. And, like, yes, I understand there's legal consequences and money involved already, but as a league, there should be further consequences for that organization for what they did, right? You got to understand it was a decade-long thing, right? And somebody, once again, somebody was hurt physically, emotionally, and psychologically, and we're just sweeping it under the rug. And like you said, like, shiny new toy, instead of punishing that organization for what they did, you go and hand them a generational player, right? And, like, similar context here, it's like, you got four current NHLers, right? You got one ex-NHLer that is involved. And what do you do? You start talking about how this new expansion team might come up, blah, blah. There's no sort of, you know, statement from the league. And that's, I don't know. I think that says a lot about what where the league is, who it's run by, the mindset, right? I don't want to get too much into it because then it gets into a sticky situation and then I'm putting myself in an area that I might not want to be in. But, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, yeah, then Gers I mean, mentioned it before, be better. And, I mean, like, we talk about this, but at the same time, I guess you can give props to a team like Ottawa, where yeah. one of their players was, like, rumored to be in that, and I guess those teams had more knowledge about it, and the player wasn't a bad player. Like, they had every right to re-sign the player. They could have gone ahead and been like, you know, we'll wait until the investigation, and then we'll see what happens. But they recognized that, and they didn't sign the player. He was a RFA, and he went overseas, and technically he is an NHL talent, but they didn't sign him. And I guess props to them were for being like, hey, you know, we're not going to, like, we're going to take this seriously and not sign you right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. It'd just be nice to see that around the whole league, right? Especially with, like, the commissioners and the organizers and everything. But uh, I do think just in general with the NHL, I guess this becomes more broad. I think Gary does need to go soon. There's, I agree. There's a lot of stuff that he's not able to keep up with, whether that's the social aspect of just the world or hockey or even just growing the game, the marketing of the game. Yeah, the like, modernization of the game yeah, is falling I, behind other I, leagues because this guy refuses to listen to new ideas. Yeah, and I mean, 
there's some things that they're doing a little better. Like we talked about the all-star game with Bieber's a co-captain, Michael Bublé's a co-captain. Some like, you know, they got people like that. They just had their OVO collab for the all-star mm -hmm. game. Like, you mm -hmm. know, those are good things, but they're still way far behind and just being a sort of good or good league. Like, I don't know. Did you, like guys, uh, did you guys see what Dana White have to had to say about the NHL? I don't know if any of you guys came across that. Long, he said that a while ago, though. No, it was pretty old, but I feel like it's relevant to what's going on right now. And like, um, you want to explain what he said first? But like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like it had to do with like the Nelk boys. So like, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna get into who the Nelk boys are and what they do and where we stand in terms of you know what they promote and all that. But uh, obviously, we know like what Dana, right? Like he he collabs with the Nelk boys and like a bunch of other influencers and stuff like that. And, um, the Nelk boys had reached out to the NHL and, uh, basically the response they got back was like, we don't want anything to do that involves them. Right. And you know, whatever, like I said, not going to get into too much on what, who the Nelk boys are, what they promote and all that. But one thing Dana said was that, you know, this league, like, especially the people that are kind of like in the back, like pulling the strings and stuff, like they don't understand how to reach out to people nowadays, yeah. right? Especially like the youth and like the social media era, right? The people that grew up in that social media era, there's certain ways to connect with them. And like, like you said, like, yeah, the Bieber and the Buble stuff, like that's cool. But like, you know, there's so many other ways you can do it, right? And like, one thing I kind of saw that was cool was that like that whole, like, like I said, I don't like the guy, right? But the whole collaboration of Matthews with like Prime and stuff, right? Like Logan's like a like Logan Paul, whatever his name is, like pretty big influencer in the States, right? And then you got the KSI guy, pretty big influencer in the UK. Like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, I guess. Like you just take this random influencer from well, not random, but like you take this influencer from the UK, take this guy from the States, and then all of a sudden now they're collabing with an NHL loop, but it's like that's how you grow the game, right? Like how many and I mean yeah. Even like I guess more player, more people that are like celebrities around the world. You add in the Kelsey brothers; they've on their podcast they've been yeah. talking about the NHL. They talk yeah. about Bedard, how they feel because they played they hockey. Love hockey. They love. They played hockey. hockey. Yeah, they, they actually played hockey, so they know the sport. And they're talking about Bedard and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you have those people. Why not invite them out, show them a good time, and then you know it helps your game grow too because. We all saw what Jason Kelsey at the uh, Chiefs game that yeah. went viral everywhere. Imagine him doing that at a like Stanley Cup Finals game. Be insane, yeah. It'd be and huge like, for the game. Another thing that I think we talked about this is like off off podcast and stuff, right? It's that like even with like guys like the Spin Chickler guys, right? Like with Biz and everything, like these guys are amazing for the game because they understand the social media era, right? They know how to get the game out there, what to say, when to do it, all that stuff, right? So. Yeah, I think with the NHL where it gets annoying is it's like you're sticking to those old ideas, those old practices. It's like, yes, for the longest time, Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday night with Coach's Corner worked, right? Yeah. But eventually you have to grow outside of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it'd be nice for more more people to watch hockey, right? Because I feel like it's like I've played multiple sports in my life, right? Like I've never played hockey, right? I've played multiple sports and I've dedicated countless hours to them. There is no sport in the world better than hockey. Right. And I know the basketball guys are watching this, right? But there's no sport better than hockey to watch or play. Right. And I wish more people knew about it. And it's like the NHL just That's sucks. True, man. I mean, I, I, I played hockey, so I, I absolutely love it. Like it's an amazing sport that should be out there way more. And 
it's such an entertaining sport where it's that whole combination of speed and skill is very rare mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. Other sports, they're maybe slow, but more skill or fast, but not as skillful. Yeah, this sounds the perfect on... combination of speed and skill. And like you were talking about Hockey Night in Canada, like I kind of like how they have like guys like BX and even Biz. Like yeah. I think Biz in general, he's done an amazing job. With Spin Chicklets, like as you said, the whole brand, they've done an amazing job sort of pushing that hockey thing forward. Like yeah. they're talking about like Marshawn Lynch and you know, people like that. Like they're they've done really well for the game. People, you know, have their opinions on them, but at the end of the day, they're making hockey more fun to cover, yeah. to watch. Not everybody wants to wake up every day and watch Sportsnet or at Sports Center where you're just having the maple leaf shoved down your throat. You know, mm -hmm. some people like it's fun to just see in, in a more casual setting. And I guess coming back to us, that's sort of where we get our inspiration from too, where it's yeah, want to have that more casual setting where, you know, it's not like, yeah, this, that, like you go more deeper into the team and just, you know, have a good time. Exactly. Yeah, like, I just wanted to touch on before. It's like you go on TikTok nowadays and you see all these influencers or whatever you want to call them. They are like, oh, I just went to my first hockey game and I just can't believe it took me this long to find out how like crazy the sport is, how fun and fast it is. And a lot of people, obviously, this isn't like the best part of the game, but like the fighting aspect, yeah. like if you're like a fan of basketball, right? And you come and watch hockey and it's like, oh, shoot, right? Like these guys actually, if they're barking at one another, they'll just drop the mitts and go. And in the NBA, they can't do that. And like a lot of fans, they like that aspect where it's I, just different. I'd argue the fighting and the hitting is like one of the best parts. No, like, it is. But like, it's not like the only thing, but that's yeah. like, it's, it's, not, like, it's a big thing in what gets new people hooked to the game involved. it sets us apart right like i remember like we have this one group chat right and it's like i, I don't know who it was but not a not a, a regular hockey goer but sends it in he's like dude the sport is rowdy like it's like that it was that situation with the arizona the arizona game it's like the puck drops and there's literally the oh, yeah. Arizona. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I yeah. saw a tiktok about that this guy's like oh my god not even one second into the game yeah these guys are fighting and then right after that Two seconds later, there's yeah. another two guys fighting. He's like, this is awesome. How have I missed this my whole life? I, I think the, so only like, yeah, people I that, the only people that hate hockey are the people that haven't watched hockey. And unfortunately, yeah. there's way I, too many I could of those not people. agree with that more. If you haven't watched hockey properly, then you, obviously you won't like it. Like You watch one playoff game and you're hooked for life. Yeah. 100%. That you're has you on the edge of your seat, man. <laughs> we have a term for it, but we can't share it. Yeah, yet. we have. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like the bubble run. <laughs> yeah, fully. Just locked in on the edge of your seat, not talking to anybody, breath held. But uh, yeah, no, I think. Uh, yeah, I just one thing. I I wanted to go back a little bit to the more sensitive uh, subject because I didn't really get to say yeah. anything when you you guys were saying that. Yeah, go um, for it. It's just I I just wanted to say um, hockey Canada if they can't figure out how to like moving forward how to make sure this never happens again like if if you have to have somebody monitoring every player that goes out then so be it that's what you're gonna have to do because these guys um when they get selected to the world juniors they feel like they're on top of the world nobody can touch them the rules don't apply to them right mm -hmm. and they just need to have that 
chaperone, whatever you want to call it, security around them to make sure that they don't do anything stupid, right? And they, they, they've never had that. And going forward, if they, it doesn't have to be that, right? But I'm saying, like, going forward, Hockey Canada needs to find a way to show that they understand what happened and they're fixing it because they, yeah. they've never shown any any sort of thing that's happened before involving Hockey Canada, they've never really shown that they understand the situation and that they're trying to fix it. And I feel like this one is the most important for them to show to everybody that they know and they're trying to fix it. You know what I mean? And I mean, you remind me of a point I was going to make earlier. Like, Hockey Canada looks over, I don't know if you guys know, but Hockey Canada looks over every minor hockey association in Canada. So, Mm -hmm. Like I played for North Delta when I'm playing for North Delta, technically I'm playing under hockey Canada mm-hmm. and that goes all the way down from like a four year old all the way till you're like an 18 year old or whatever. Yeah. So when you have like younger, I guess, parents or kids coming into hockey and then they see this type of stuff, like the yeah. organization that's sort of responsible for our kids, this is what's happening. I think that pushes parents away from the sport of hockey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think one hundred percent just because of some people's like old That's opinions. That's why, like in football, yeah. parents less and less parents. The number goes down every year. Less and less people are putting their kids in football because of all the head injuries. It's the same yeah. thing for hockey. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like hockey kind of needs to prove it to those people that you know don't we we messed up. I think that's the biggest thing. First, you just have to admit that hey, we yeah, messed like up. they never publicly admit that they messed up they never it's do always it. I, some sort of cover unless, up or I've, something. unless i've missed it or they like i just have never seen them straight up say that they messed up it's yeah. always some backhanded way of saying yeah. it you know what i mean yeah but yeah, yeah i mean that's all i wanted to say at the end i think to conclude that like we it, it's a serious issue and it needs to be taken seriously and you know hopefully justice is served i think that's all we can hope for mm-hmm. and if the allegations are true and they, you know, get proven in court, then the punishment should be given out to the players no matter what. Like, they don't, nobody should get special treatment. But just quickly wrapping up now, we're, I think we, it's going to be our longest episode. But yeah, just quickly wrapping up, I guess we have Canucks' last game tomorrow before the All Star break against Columbus. Yep. yep. Had a tough game last time against them. I guess there's a lot of travel issues, stuff like that. But hopefully they pick it up and turn it around this time around and, you know, end off the, get into the break on a groove. Score predictions. Let's hear them. I think they come flying out 6-1. I think so. Uh, I think they're going to come flying out as well. Let's hear yeah, I'll go. I'll go 5-2. Oh, man. You stole mine. All right, I got to be, you know, I'm going to put it right in between the year two. 5-1. Okay. All right. So, Sounds good. I th- yeah, I think they're gonna come flying out. Last game for the All Star break, you know, last home game in a while, so they're gonna the be three like, Let's weeks. Get it yeah. yeah, man. What are we gonna do without hockey for a week, man? I, know. I don't want to have to think about it. I mean, right, hey, more I, than I'm, a I'm, week. As much as I'm, I'm excited for the skills competition, I'm actually genuinely excited this year. I'll see Especially, if I end up tuning in. We we have three <laughs> yeah, players. We have three players in it. Yeah. So but, nah. and the players are gonna be trying hard this year because the million dollars on the line. True. So I think it should be 
Especially it's the best on best. It's not like, you know, yeah. random like even in even in the NBA they in. got money on the line. They still don't try. <laughs> NBA money is different money. So. Yeah, that's true. But I mean well, the million dollars is pocket change for those guys. Yeah. Well, him, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well yeah, I think uh, you mentioned it already. We've kind of gone over over time yeah, a little wait, too a, long. So long. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um We'll call it at that. So thank you everybody for tuning in to our fourth episode of Nux and Pucks. Make sure you go follow us on all of our social medias. It's Nux and Pucks underscore on Instagram and TikTok. And then just Nux and Pucks for our Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also streaming on YouTube at Nux and Pucks. Um, please like, Quick, comment, and share. Quickly before we go, I want to ask yours. Predictions for NFL tomorrow. Oh, yes. Niners. Quickly. quickly. Niners. Come on, quickly. Who you got? Wait, yo. Quick. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold quick, up. Quick, quick. Five, okay, four, I got, three, two, one. I got the uh, Ravens. And? And I got the, uh, oh my God. I don't know who's going to win that other game. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, hurry up. Niners and Ravens. That's mine. Yeah, I'm going to go Niners and Ravens. And then I I got the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Actually, say no, sorry. Sorry, I'm going to scratch that. I want the Lions to win the Super Bowl, so I'm going to be biased. I, I'm going to go Lions, Ravens, Super Bowl, Lions win it. I'm just going to say NFL's probably scripted at this point. They want to make money, so there's no way the Chiefs don't make it. They want that money. It's going to be the I Chiefs like and Lions Niners. I feel like Lions make more money. They've never won before. Who cares? Chiefs you and just... Niners. I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to get some random. Like, is that, even, just... is yeah. that even possible? Yeah. Niners and Chiefs. In the final. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. They're different conferences. Oh well, there you go. This year, evidence that I don't watch the NFL. Okay, nice. Anyways, all right, that's that's yeah. that's, that's a good. We'll see who's correct. Ending. That's it. Good yeah. night. All right, everyone. Yeah, peace out. Yeah, good peace night. Out.